Wow. Praise God. If you um, don't know this or not, you didn't just step into a church service today. You stepped into a movement. Amen. And it's a movement that began 2,000 years ago over that with, our, with the leader of this movement, Jesus. And this is a really, really big day, and I got some really cool things to share with you today, and I'm going to preach the words, and I'm just to you, but I just want to let you know, it might take a few more minutes today than usual, but I guarantee you're going to be home in time for a kickoff. Come on, somebody, yeah. One glorious hope for the future, Ephesians chapter 4, 3 and 4, Ephesians 4, 3 and 4, the apostle Paul wrote this to the church in Ephesus, and I would like to read this out loud. We've been doing this a lot lately because we really have a respect and we revere the word of God. How many of y'all with me right now? And so something happens when we confess the word out loud, so I want you just to confess this with me. Can y'all see that? Y'all good? Okay, very good. Here we go. Make... How many, of you, how many of you realize we, we have a glorious hope for our future? Amen. Come on. You believe, I believe we have a glorious hope for, I don't know about you, but I have a glorious hope for eternity. Yes. And I'm excited about that, but I believe God has a hope and, and, and truth for us even right here, right now. And before I get started with the, the, the preaching of the word, I just want to share with you some things that are happening here at Bridge City Church. And to help us communicate with you, the ushers are going to pass out to, to everyone here a, uh, a, a Bridge City uh, publication, the Bridge publication. It's, it, to this, uh, this time it's called One. One, one heart, one mind, one purpose, one direction. And I know that most of you are going to kind of flip through this and not really, you know, lock in uh, the, the rest of the time. I'm going to ask you, I'm just going to, I'm going to highlight a few things and then you're going to be able to take this home with you. And actually you're going to be able to, you're going to actually be able to bring this back with you every week. Every week I want you to bring this with you. I want you to bring it back. We're going to cover it. We're going to talk about different things in here every single, every single week. That's, that's how how we're, we're going to roll here. It's a one heart, man. Um, listen, let me just make it really, really clear as I communicated in that video that was shown to all of our locations this morning and all of our worship experiences that settling is not an option and that we will continue to be a church that takes bold risk and in, in, in that, that's just who we are. We've always done that and we're not going to stop now. Is anybody with me right now? That's bold faith risk, and that's what we're doing. So what is this thing, one? It's a vision campaign. And if you open it up to the first, first page, you're going to see a beautifully written letter there that you're going to want to probably hang on your refrigerator or frame, and you can do that later. But I'm going to ask you to flip the next page over, and on the right-hand side, there is a, uh, there's a little bit about what a generosity initiative is. And I just want to communicate with you here today what that is. A generosity initiative really is this. It's a 36-month, it's a 36 months of sacrificial giving above and beyond our regular tithes and offerings. That's right, above what we normally give. And I want to let you know loud, and you heard it here first, is that, that finances are good. And we, we're, we're strong. We've been budgeting and watching and doing everything we can. But what we need is we're looking at this 36-month initiative to, to take us to a new level, take us to the next, to the next season of our, of our church and what we're doing. 
So this is what we're believing for. We're believing God for $1.5 million. That's what we're believing for. Now, I, I, I know what you're thinking. Pastor, that's a lot of money, and it is. But I believe in a big God. How about you? And I believe it's not by one person's giving, and it's not the gifting of the few. It'll be by the sacrifices of the many that we achieve. I believe this. And so this vision campaign, I want to let, make, you, make, you, uh, really, make you really clear here. This is not about buildings and projects. This is about, this is about more people who can experience the life-saving power of Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I am so thrilled and so happy about what Jesus Christ has done in my life. Matter of fact, I'm so happy about it. I want to make as much room as possible in as many places as possible so that more people can meet Jesus in a real way. Amen. So this vision is, is this. Every increase in vision and every, everybody that has a vision, typically, you, 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 listen, at some point, your vision outruns your resources. And so what we're doing is increase, as our vision has increased and gotten more clear, what we need is an increase in resources that can match the vision. So what we're going to do, and I'm going to be, I'm going to be outlining this, and when I'm not preaching, Pastor Eric will be over the next several weeks. We're going to be just communicating what a vision campaign is and how it's going to affect you. Right here in Murraysville, we have the finances right now to, uh, to take over another 1,600 square feet in this facility. We're going to build out a, a children's area. And yes, the ladies' restrooms are the first things that are going to get done. And, um, and uh, hallelujah. Does somebody have a witness? Ah. And so these things, listen, this money that I'm talking about won't go towards that. We can do that. But listen, we're just maintaining where we're at right now, and I don't believe that God has called us to maintain. I don't believe that God has called us to hold on till he comes back. I believe God has called us to take ground, take possession, and move forward. I believe that with all my heart. So what we're believing for in our, in our situation here is enough money so that we can get a down payment on a, on a new facility or a building that can house more people. Now, that doesn't mean that we're, we're going to wait until that happens to increase. No. We need to start a second worship experience here. Why? Because there's 54,000 people in our area right here that are not connected to Jesus Christ and don't know him in a real way. I don't, I'm not asking for a 54,000 seat stadium, but I'm asking for more room so that we can see more lives changed. Who's with me on that one? And so this, this is where faith comes in. So that's what we're doing here at North Braddock. We have some, and it's all outlined in there. You're, we're going to be doing some projects uh, to enhance that facility that God, that God gave. And then also in Brighton Heights, at our Brighton Heights location. So this isn't only about Murraysville. We really are one church in four locations. And we're going to continue to move forward. So what I am asking is that we together, that we together take a journey of faith. Because that's what this is all about. It's a faith journey. And I don't know about you, but I want to grow in my faith. How about you? Amen. I mean, isn't that why we're here today? To grow in our faith? Yeah, Aren't we here to grow and grow in our, our faith and our trust in God? Not just our Sunday God, but our Monday through Saturday yeah. God. Come on. That's what we're doing. Yeah. And this is, this is a discipleship journey. This is what we're doing here. And that's what we're going to continue to do. So again, we're hoping to start Two worship experiences here soon. As soon as we get enough people signed up and on teams, trained and equipped, we're going to do it. 
That's right. We have a 100-100 principle. That means 100% of the people do 100% of the work. Amen. That's, good. That's And, and with, this, with this vision campaign, it's because God's given us a growing vision that we can expand. Many people have asked, Pastor, what about a new campus? Where's the new one going to be? The, l- listen, we still have $32,000 saved and put aside for a new campus. But before we do that, We believe as elders and leaders and pastors of this church that we need to get better before we just launch out and get bigger in that fashion. Now, we need to get better. We need to shore up what we have. We need to get crisp what we have. And we need, we need more people because we're, we're stuck right here. This facility was supposed to be a five-year plan. It's been well over five years and we're still here. And if we don't do something to help us get over the hump and get launched into that future, we're, we're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're just going to be stuck in maintaining. I don't know about you. I don't do maintaining real well. I just don't because I believe in a growing faith. I believe in a big God. I believe in a generous God. I believe in all these things. But I believe, listen, I'm going to tell you what, what we as, as leaders and pastors believe. We believe in you. Come on. We believe in you, and we believe that together we can do great things, and we can accomplish, and we're going to this next year, it's not only about this, but in the next year, we're going to unfold a new growth track and how people can grow to be fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. We're going to get clearer with that. We're going to invest in, in children's ministry as, as we're doing in physically in the structure, but we're also going to invest in training. We're going to equip we're going to do everything we can to help families because, because listen, listen, families are in a tough spot in today's day and age. Is anybody with me right now? Yeah. And listen, it's not like I, we, you know, we raised our kids, we're done. No, I believe that we have a responsibility for the generation that's coming behind us. Is anybody with me? And I believe that. And so that's what we're doing. That's what we're communicating here. This is a journey of faith. A journey of faith. You see, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. It's impossible to please God without faith. I want to be part of those that please God with my faith. Amen. If, hey, listen, if the, the creator of the universe, if I know what pleases him, I want to get in that line. Yeah. I want to get in that line where my faith and what I'm doing and my actions line up with what I believe and what I see in his word. Yeah. And so this is a journey right now of saying, God, what are you doing and how can we get better and how can we, how can we communicate to more people here? But the, the, the premise of this faith that we read of right here is you've got to believe that God has good intentions for you. Amen. See, I believe in Philippians 1.6 that he who began a good work in me will be faithful to complete it. But I don't even believe that about my life. I believe that about us. Amen. See, we read the Bible so much in, in, in terms of how it affects me, we forget that, no, I believe God who began a good work in us will be faithful to complete it. How many of y'all believe God started a good work? I believe that. And I believe he's still, I I believe God's still working. 
See, that's what faith is all about. That's what this reward is all about here. So the foundation of faith is this. God is who he said he is, and he will do what he said he will do. See, see, the foundation, if you read Hebrews 11, and that's where I'm, that's where I'm going to be at here in the first couple verses, and I'm going to look at some more, but you've got to believe that God is. He's the creator of the universe, and God has good intentions. God is not up in heaven trying to see how many laps we can run to wear us out so we can fall over. No. He's a good God that has good intentions and, and we believe that he has our future in his hands and he has his church in his hands. And I don't know if you know this or not, but at the end of the book, the church wins. Amen. The church wins. And I, listen, I don't know about you, but I, but I like to win. And Jesus' church right now is taking some losses. And I don't like it. I want to win. But I believe that faith is what pleases him and how we move forward here. So what is it that God rewards? He rewards faith. There's promises here. Now, there's a saying in leadership circles is this. You reward, you, you, you reward what you want repeated. Have you ever heard that? Like in, in leadership, in business, you, you always take people, you reward that which you want repeated. That's a, it's a very common leadership principle. I didn't come up with that. I'm just repeating it. So, so if God rewards faith, that's what we want to repeat. Yeah. Good. It's like we want to repeat faith. We're going faith to faith. We're going glory to glory. We're taking steps forward in my relationship with the Most High God. Yeah. In our growth, in everything that we're doing to step forward here. So this vision campaign is a faith initiative. It's about discipleship. It's about our growing in Christ. And together, we are going to, we are going to give very sacrificially and joyfully, and we're going to watch God do something really miraculous. How many of you have been blown away by God at least once in your life? Twice, three times. Come on, right? God's like that. But the common denominator is faith. And when we look at this, when we look at Hebrews 11, it, some people refer to it and some writers refer to it as the, the hall of faith. Out of all the halls of faith and fame that, that, that God could have, isn't it interesting he chose faith? Isn't it interesting that it's faith that, that's listed in the whole chapter here? I think that's really interesting here. So let's go back and figure out together what's faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Here we go. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. That's Hebrews 11.1. 1. Hebrews 11.1. 1. So we have a confidence that God is. It gives us an assurance of what we hope for. That's what we're, that's what we're looking at here. So faith. Here's a definition of faith. I want to help you. It's a conviction. It's a confidence, it's a trust, a belief, a reliance, a trustworthiness. It's, I've been persuaded. How many of y'all been persuaded? I've been persuaded that God is a good God. Now, I'm not saying I get everything I want or everything's easy, but I still believe God is a good God. I'm gonna get to this in just a little bit. So what is this confidence? What is this confidence that we have here? It's standing under 
a guaranteed agreement. It's standing under a guaranteed agreement. You have the title deed. Today, I'm standing under the title deed of what Pastor Eric shared during worship. I am a child of God. He gives me peace. He takes my stuff and I get peace. I have the title deed to that. I'm standing under that. So faith is, I have a confidence that I'm standing under this promise. And I have an assurance, an inner conviction focused on God. I have an inner conviction that's focused on him. I have a certainty. I am absolutely certain here. God will do what he said he will do. How many of y'all have some promises from God that you're still holding on to today? I do. Some of them I've been holding on to for years. Anybody with me? But I'm not going to grow weary. To the end of my days. Listen, I'm I'm going to get to heaven spent, but I'm going to get to heaven trusting as well. No, I'm asking you to read through this in Hebrews 11. I'm asking you to make it a part of your life. I'm asking us to take this bold step together here. Because that's what we want to do is please him. In verse 2, through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. <coughs> the people in the days of old earned a good reputation. All the people listed in Hebrews 11 had a good reputation. How many of you enjoy having a good reputation? Good. A couple of you. Very good. Good. I like a good reputation because I'd rather have a good one than a bad one. Come on. I should. There was probably a day and age when I was real young, I didn't have such a good one. And I got a good one now. Thank you, God. But a reputation is a commendation. It's an approval. It's that you're set above the crowd. And why? Because they had faith to believe. They had faith to trust. They had a testimony. Now, I've been, I was taught this as a really young believer at this church. Anybody who has a testimony has had their money tested. <laughs> little dad joke for you there. <laughs> Just make sure you're still with me. <laughs> you're going to get your money tested at some point. Yeah, That's true. I mean, face it. Money is the one thing in the Bible that God said test him in. That's right. People test him in everything else. God, if you give me an A on this test. Come on. Some of you have sat by the road and the policeman, you see the siren. He's walking to your car and you say, oh God, if he only doesn't give me a ticket, I promise you. Don't raise your hand. Just, just, look, just look here. Come on. We all do that, right? We all test God in those ways. But that's not the way he said test him. So test him, test him in your money. Test him in your money and see what happens. That's the test he's waiting for. I mean, have you ever? It's, it's, like, it's like almost like Jesus in, in his word in Malachi. He says, test me with this, this, this money thing in faith. It's almost like he's saying, yeah, I double dog dare you. Come on, let's see what you got. Isn't, I mean, that's, that's just the impression I get. Like, God's like, see, let's step out in faith and let's do something. I mentioned, and leave this slide right here, this reputation. In the video you just saw, I mentioned 75 people who gave... $75,000 cash in one offering. In today's day and age, in that same amount of money would be 186000 with inflation. 
I'm looking in the back of the room at Chuck Quinter, who's been one, he's our, one of our charter members. He was there from the first day that the church, church was there. Chuck, thanks. Come on, you should give him, you should, you should stand to your feet right about now. Come on, somebody. Come on. Chuck was one of the original. He was there from the first day. I wasn't even there from the first day. He was a part, he was a part of that. And my wife and I were there. We weren't married yet. She was still chasing me. She, just, she was chasing me like she couldn't, like, like that, no tomorrow. She just, whoo, just telling you. She, shame, shame the devil and tell the truth. I would say probably in, in 86, she quite hadn't seen the light yet. Although we were good friends for years. Yeah. And her marrying me was an act of faith. Come on, somebody. <laughs> this is a true story. People warned, warned her about me. <laughs> I said, like, you've been warned, baby. <laughs> but it's been a faith journey. And... Um, those 75 people have a reputation. Some of them have gone home to be with the Lord already. Every time one of those first members goes home to be with Jesus, I, I always take time, and I'm not going to do it this morning, it, but I, every time I stop and I talk about them because I talk about their faith. I talk about their faith. If as many people in our church right now, right now today, gave with the same sacrifice as those 75 people, and there's three of us here right now, we would receive $1.2 million in cash. No, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to demonstrate something for you. That's how big of a God we have, and that's the sacrifice that was paid for you and me to be here today. I mentioned those 42. Actually, there was 46, if I recall correctly, that came to Murraysville, and then four left after one week or two weeks. You know, that's in, in, They had faith to come to Murraysville. 45, but we, we, we shrunk in one week. That took faith. That was a stand of faith. Those people that were here and you were a part of the original 45 or 41, depending, you know, I know four of them aren't here. And um, I guess they showed up two weeks and I was like, I'm out. <laughs> I was like, woo. And uh, could, could you just, just where, where are you guys at? Where's, you, get, stand up, stand up, stand up just for a second. Stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up. Wow, there we go. Come on, let's give God a big hand. Wow. Yeah, thank you. Look what you started. <laughs> I'm thankful. And they're not regrets, but the only thing I wish I'd do early on is take more risk and take more chances. That's my only thing. We've been plotting this vision campaign for a while, but it's really all about faith. 
And those Old Testament saints that are listed in Hebrews 11 here, they obtained a good report and a good reputation, not because of their achievements or personal holiness or passive acceptance or divine promises, but by an active certitude expressed in obedience, persistent, and sacrifice. That's why. So faith is, this is what faith is. Let me help you here. Faith is believing when you don't see it and obeying when you don't understand it. That's what faith is. I'm trying to give you simple definitions here. See, you got you to gotta see it. you got to believe when you don't see it, and you obey when you don't understand it here. It's visualizing, you have a, I have a better future. That's why we came to church, because we know God has a future for us. And I want that to uncover. I want his destiny not only to be on my children's lives, but I want it on all the children here as well, and on your life, and more people. Are you with me? Amen. But you got to see it. I was playing tennis one day, and I came to the net, and I made a horrible shot. Imagine that. And the guy came to the net, and he said, what were you doing? Because I, I just was looking. I said, I was visualizing the shot. And he said, that's a really good idea. You should do that, but maybe you could do it quicker next time. See, many people wait too late to see it, and that's not faith. So you got to see it in the spirit. Whether you're an architect of a building, you got to see it before you can, you, you can build it. Or a construction worker, or you're an Olympic athlete going for the gold, you got to see it. You got to believe for it in advance. And a master builder in the Bible is this a master builder, and you're going to hear this repeatedly. In, in biblical times, it would take more than one generation to finish the project. For it to be considered a master builder project, it took more than one generation. I believe in four generations. That's what I preached about last week. I believe that God's not done. I believe that God has more. I believe that God, God a generous God, wants us to step out. But see, if you can see it and understand it, it doesn't take faith. It would be like this, like, like when you already have a meal on the table or you're at a restaurant and they bring the meal to the table and they put it down in front of you, 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 it doesn't take faith to get food. It might take faith to eat it, but it doesn't take faith to get it. That's called thanksgiving. Thank you, God, for what you have provided. But when you get up in the morning and you don't have food, you don't have money, and you have no provision, and you're, th and you're asking God to provide, now that's faith. Because you don't see it, you don't understand it, but you're stepping out in, in faith and saying, God, I'm asking you for this. There's been many times in our lives we've, we've, we live by total faith. I never, those are the best of times. I've said this before publicly. I feel bad for people that never, never didn't know where their next meal was coming from. And God's got your number. I'm just telling you that right now. Yeah, he does. <laughs> whoever, thank you, whoever that is. That was perfect. Come on. Listen, it takes faith. It takes faith. I, I, I feel bad because like living by faith is just what, what you, when you live that way, it's just so, it's so fun. It's so joyful. I don't know what God's going to do next. 
Do you realize we come, to, we come together every, every Sunday in a, in, a, in a connection group, and it's like, what's God going to do next? That's right. That's Isn't that sad? What's God? I don't know what he's going to do, but it's going to be good. You've got to come. Right? I mean, isn't that the excitement? Isn't that the faith level? Isn't that the expectation? Isn't that something that turns within us that gets us excited to come here? Because if all we're doing is putting in duty, trying to please God and get, you know, get, our, get our heaven thing stamped, like I was there, that doesn't work. He's called us to faith. He's called us to step out. This week I'm at a conference and I'm just trying to help them get people like, 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 like Pastor Eric and, and, and Gavin here and other people signed up to go to other countries. That's the only reason I went. And then afterwards they said, would you go? And I said, what? That's the first text. They said, well, you, would you go? Would you be the first one? And I'm like, the first one? And so before you know it, it's like, yep, you're, I'm okay. I was just going, I was just going along for the ride. I was, it was a free lunch. Come on, somebody. And, I'm, and it was like, I'm signed up for a trip. Well, that takes faith. And trust me, after I go, some of you are going to go too. That's right. Because it takes faith. And I'm like, okay, God. And I, I, don't, I might not be able to see it but I'm going to step out in it. And so we're going to look at somebody real, real quick. Noah. How many of y'all ever heard of Noah in the Bible? Come on. You remember Noah, the archy-archy the, the guy? The archy-archy guy. You remember him? The big archy-archy guy, Noah. Come on. And here it is in verse 7, 11, 7. Here it is, Noah. Noah, here it is. Okay. It was by faith. Ooh, come on, somebody. That Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. And he... God who warned him about things that he had never happened before. And by his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. faith. So Noah, the ark guy, who, who wasn't a, a shipbuilder, he, he, I mean, like, look, if, if, you, if you want something done, do you, do you go to somebody that never saw a boat before? God has a sense of humor in growing our faith. He does. I'm look around. Look at us. Butchers and bakers and candlestick makers, come on. Yeah. This is who God uses. But notice faith and obedience are together here. And he couldn't see it or understand it, but God asked him to do something. This, my friends, is called faith. Yeah. Now, there's a lot of things written. Was there rain at the time in Genesis 6? And, and listen, I, you know, from Genesis 4 to Genesis 6, did it rain in between there? Or was it natural water from the ground and, and just supplied the canopy? There's a lot of stuff written. I can neither prove nor disprove that there was rain or wasn't rain. I can't, according to what I see. But I do know this, Noah was landlocked and he didn't know what a boat was. See, again, we look at scripture, we look at the Bible, there's things we know and there's things I'm not sure, but I do know this. If the question wasn't, God, what's rain? The question was, what's a boat? <laughs> yeah, God asked you to do something. It's like, yeah, I want you to do this. It's going to flood. You got to build this big boat, and there's going to be animals, and your wife is going to love it. And like, <laughs> you tell me he didn't have faith. Come on, somebody. Yeah. 
And then his three sons had to go out and get women who like boats too, who like animals, you know, their online thing. Do you like, an, you like animals? Like, you know, you got to like animals. You don't like animals. You can't come with me. I'm just telling you right now. Okay. Am I right? Yeah. Okay. Do you get seasick? I don't even know what seasick is. I live in a desert. Come on. I don't even know what that is. Like, <laughs> I'm just trying to break it real for you right now. I'm just trying to make it real. No, seriously, this is, what, this is how I read the Bible. You should see everything that's in there. I mean, it's... And, and, so, and so the question really was, what's a boat? And it wasn't that he was a boat builder or an architect, but he obeyed God and followed his instructions. It's because he didn't see it because he lived in the middle of a desert and he couldn't understand it, but he obeyed anyhow. That's what the difference is here. That's what was clear, not according to his natural abilities. And when we give to this one vision campaign, it's not going to be just in, like, according to our natural abilities. It will be according to our spiritual, supernatural faith. Because unless it's faith, it doesn't please God. Given God my leftovers after everything, after I pay all my, all my stuff and I throw a five or ten in, that's not called tithing, that's called tipping. Y'all good with that? See, that's not, that's not where faith lives. And I want to help you with your faith. I want to help you see something. I want to see you understand it here. Now, if you want guaranteed success, faith isn't your deal. Mm. Yeah, if you want guaranteed success, faith isn't your deal. There's 1,050 commands of God in the New Testament. God is saying, do this and you will be blessed. Here's the test. Is God who he says he is and will God do what he said he will do? See, God, listen, when I have faith, I have an object, God, and I'm putting my faith in God, and he's the object of my faith, and I let him do the rest. I'm, it's my job to trust. It's my job to have faith. It's my job to step out and let God do the rest. Because if I could produce the promise on my own, I wouldn't need God. Right? That's the truth here. In many of these commands are unreasonable, unusual, and inconvenient. Faith happens with simple acts of obedience. That's Noah. Now let me say something here. 41 years as a follower of Christ. More than once, I have trusted God and didn't get what I was trusting and asking for. There were times I pleaded with God to show up. But there was other times God did show up. See, I still remember being stuck in traffic when my wife called me from the hospital with our one daughter and said, she's out cold, they're working on her, and I can't get to her. And I remember crying in the car just saying, God, preserve her life. Preserve her life, God. Would you please? And God did. And, and then, she, and then she, she get, graduates high school and she travels through Africa on missions trips. I'm like, see, that was, that was part of God's plan. Because God did something in her. 
And she said if she could survive everything she went through physically, she could survive anything God threw at her or the devil threw at her in Africa. And, uh, and there was times that I trusted God with my health and said, God, heal me. I'm doing your work. And it didn't happen the way I wanted or as quick as I wanted. And so again, if you're looking for an easy, easy thing, I can't help you there. But if you want to learn faith, I can help you. Because faith isn't really faith until you trust God, you believe him, he doesn't give you what you're asking for, but you still trust him anyhow. That's what faith is. We trust, we believe. He's a good God. It has an action. It has an object. But I'm going to trust him anyhow. Because I'd rather trust him and feel a little let down than trust myself and succeed. Y'all good? That's why it's called faith. Sometimes we treat God like a vending machine. We put a couple coins in and we get to pull whatever lever we want. And he better deliver. But every now and then, that bag of chips that you really don't need, that you, you, you hit the button, just hangs there. <laughs> Has that ever happened to you? And I know what you do. You do the same thing I do. Why me? And you don't, have no, you don't have any more money. You can't put anything else in the machine. It's just hanging there. You can see it, but you can't touch it. Yeah, you start, you start ramming that machine, shaking, <laughs> running into it. I'm still, right? <clears throat> I've seen you in the spirit do that. Come on, I just, until it falls. And you're like, look what I did. God doesn't give us everything he wants because God's more interested in our character than our comfort. He's more interested in our holiness than our happiness. So we have questions. Just like Noah. What's an ark? What's a vision campaign? It's a faith initiative. We have questions. Noah, why do we need a boat? Why do we need a vision campaign? Why do we need to grow? Why do we need a future? Because we believe God's up to something. And whatever I see God doing in heaven, I want to align myself with that. What if Noah said, I don't do boats? I do wagons, but not boats. What if he was said, I'm sorry. Sorry, God, don't do boats. Now, I personally believe, this is just my belief, I believe God would have found a boat builder. He would have probably went out and found somebody less qualified because that's what he does to show his power. So what if we say, don't do vision campaigns, 
I guess we have to ask ourselves what's really at stake. I'm just asking questions. I'm not answering them for you. I'm asking. And one of the reasons why we're communicating to you many weeks in advance is because it, 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 I, I don't want you to make emotional decisions. Mm -mm. Never have done that as a church. Don't want emotions. Don't want fear. Don't want tactics. I just want you to hear God. I want you to pray and hear God and do whatever he says as long as it's faith. But I want you to catch this. Noah preserved future generations. Preserved his children and then children's children and children. Am I right? The act of what Noah did preserved generations. And when a few of us, and there was others here, 30 plus years, and I know, and people that we honored that started here. I'll be honest, I didn't, I didn't know who and what a Gary and Kelly Knapp were. Now I do. I didn't know who a Dawn and Jamie Frame were. Now I do. I could go on and on and label every person here and name you. I didn't know. Those people didn't know. But those who stood up earlier, aren't we glad we know now? Amen. Amen. That's faith. That's what it's about. It was all worth it. Chuck, it was all worth it. That's what's at stake. Faith is believing when I don't see it, obeying when I don't understand it, and it's all about people. It's about generations. It's about others. That's what it's about. That's what faith is. Can anybody say amen? Amen. How many of y'all glad you came to church today? Amen. Let me ask you a question. If God answered all of your prayers, your prayers... Would the people and world around you change or just your life? The reason I wrote lots of people because you, you look, everybody claims that quote. There were too many of them to list. I don't know who said it first. I should have put Holy Spirit on there because we're all praying prayers, right? problem is most of our prayers have to do with my distress. Am I right? But I don't just want my answer. I want God's answer. When you leave today, everybody here, you're going to get a, you're going to get a free book called The Treasure Principle. 
there'll be, there's a little devotional in, in the back of your magazine here. And if you watch social media and, and different ways and uh, the, the emails you get, you're gonna get a little devotion. They'll go every, every week with it. But everybody gets a book. I'm asking you to read the book. It's encouraging. Oh, it's such an encouraging book. You're gonna be blessed. That's why we wanna give it to you. We just want you to take it. I want you to read it. How many of y'all take it and just read that book just every day? Just use it as a devotional. Just get, just get it in your heart. You, you'll be able to pick one up on your way out today. So what I want you to do is this. There's three things I'm asking. I'm asking you to be here every week, the next three weeks. I'm asking you to come. I'm asking you to be here. You gotta be here. And bring, your, bring, your, bring this with you. Next, I want you to just be open to God. Open to God. Whatever God, God, you can, you can speak to me. To hear. How many of y'all can do those first two? Y'all good with me so far? Next is, I'm asking for a commitment for November 7th. November 7th at 5 p.m. November 7th, 5 p.m at Greater Works Outreach. Pastor, why are you sending us to Greater Works Outreach? I'm sending you at 5 p.m. because they won't be meeting then. Our church will. We're not going to have a morning church service in any of our locations on Sunday, November 7th. Up until then, you're gonna be here every Sunday. And then on November 7th, we're getting together the whole church. And together, we're gonna to commit to this generosity initiative over the next three years. And we're gonna watch God do something really cool. And Pastor Gary, I was, uh, Gary Metric, I was texting him this morning. He's been so generous. Come, he said, literally, when I asked him, could we use your, use your facility? He said, what's mine is yours. Just tell me what you need. Amen. We were gonna meet at a high school in the area. But if we met at any of the high schools, you were gonna have to wear a mask the whole time. Now, I'm not here to talk about pro-mask, mask. I'm, I'm just, what I'm here to say is I didn't want it to, this celebration to be about mask. I wanted it to be about Jesus and faith. Is that good? So I'm not here to say pro anything. What I'm trying to say is that's what, that's what I want. I just wanted it to be about that. Yeah. I didn't want any distractions to be in the way. So I want you to be here every week, be open, and be there. How many of y'all can commit to those three things there? Could you stand to your feet with me this morning? And um, I believe God is up to something. How about you? I, I told you I was going to go a little bit longer today. I kept my promise. Here we go. We're going to worship Jesus to close today. And we're going to sing a song about the refining fire of God. The refining fire of God. With one heart, with one spirit, with one mind, this is us right now. This is our moment in time to honor him and say, God, build my faith. I don't know what it is you need faith for today, but if you need faith in any area of your life, I just want you to get out your seat and just come up front, just come up front right now. If you need faith in any area of your life, you're, all you're doing is gonna come forward. So God, I just, I just pray for every person right now that needs faith, just wants a stir of faith. They can't see it, but they wanna believe it. They don't understand it, but you do. Lord God, they wanna see future generations. They wanna see this. So God, I ask you for 
every person that's up front right now that during this song, there's gonna be a supernatural download into every person here. So as we lift our hands to heaven, come on, as we lift our hands to heaven, come on, move up, move over, move in, come on. As we lift our hands to heaven, say, Father, Father, I just need faith. You say it in your words. God, I need faith, Father. Refine me, Lord God. Some of you need physical healing, as Pastor Eric already said. You're weary. Come on. Come on, church. Are you ready to worship the Lord with me this morning? Come on. Let's just worship right now. Come on. Let's just honor him. Come on. Refine us, Lord. Refine us, Lord. Refine us, Father.